Blog Talk Radio. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a new steel. Viva Las Vegas! Viva! What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Viva Las Vegas. I am your host, as always, Blackjack Fletcher. We are live tonight. We have with us our friend, the big man on campus. Jeff, how are you doing tonight, brother? Pretty good, Blackjack. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, my man. I'm watching the Golden Knights play in game three here, hoping we can get the job done. Yeah, I hear you. I, uh, I'm on it with, with you. Obviously, we got to rot our boys here. Hopefully, they can get the job done tonight here. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I'm I'm optimistic. I I don't know, Jeff, if you caught game uh, game two, the overtime, the goal that was disallowed there. I still vehemently disagree with that call, uh, but I, I expect the Knights to come out with a lot of energy. I'm seeing it again. Fleury just standing on his head to start this game. Can't say enough about Mark Andre Fleury, but uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that game as as we get through the night. Certainly not the only thing going on in the world of sports, Jeff. Your Sixers in action tonight, not looking good in Boston in Game One. Uh, let me ask you, Jeff, what what are you what are you seeing here? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I'm looking at this game, and the Sixers are are kind of getting smacked around. But Embiid's giving you 31 and 13. You know, Simmons is giving you 15, seven and six. Redick even is chipped in with 20 points. What the hell is Robert Covington doing playing 26 minutes when you're getting 19 out of Ilya Sova and four out of T.J. McConnell? You know, I, I really don't know where to begin with this game, frankly. I mean, I, there's just so many things that are, are negative. But here's two things that are very important. This is one game. And, look, I, I'm not really sure anyone could beat Boston tonight, frankly. I mean, look, you could, you could put the Warriors out there. I don't think they'd beat Boston tonight. Boston can't miss. I mean, it, it's just the truth of the matter. But the def- defense by the Sixers has been horrendous. Um, but listen, I, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about Robert Covington being a great and elite defender. Get the fuck out of here with that. Robert Covington's a hack. He's a mug, and ever since he got that contract, he's been a complete loser. He doesn't deserve all these minutes. I don't know why he keeps getting them. Brett Brown's just, you know, too yellow to take him out. Uh, it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. I mean, every three is wide open. I mean, there's no hands in anyone's face. It's it's yeah. pathetic. I mean, and Jeff, you bring up a great point. And, and first, it, you're, the first thing you said about the Celtics not missing is, is exactly right. They're shooting almost 50% from the field, 47% from three. But my question about Covington in the minutes is more – I mean, look, I think you could play Ilyasova more. But, you know, and you're a Sixers fan, so, so I want to get your take on this. When I watched them during the season, I thought T.J. McConnell was a really nice spark plug for them off the bench in the second unit. I thought that dude was a lot of hustle. I thought he played good defense. I think he kind of made plays. For him to play four minutes in this game is kind of astounding to me. I mean, four minutes? Yeah, I mean, look, that's, you know, he's a guy that it seems like when he's in the game, good things happen. I'm not really sure, you know, why he hasn't played tonight. Um, look, the big story, Blackjack, is 
just the failure they did with Markel Fultz. And Markel Fultz just hasn't panned out. And, I mean, every time I see him on the bench and I see Jason Tatum, I'm, you know, I want to physically throw up uh, because, you know, Markel Fultz just just hasn't been able to do anything. And you know, McConnell came in and did a nice job for Fultz. But, yeah, I mean, for some reason they just keep giving uh, Ilyasova all these minutes. Ilyasova was brutal tonight. I uh, missed three foul shots. He was two for nine from the field. Um, I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I don't get the love affair with, with Covington. I, I just don't get it. Um, yeah, you know, I, don't I, I, I don't know how many times tonight I've seen wide open threes around him. I mean, how many times in the first half were you going to allow uh, Tatum to just blow by J.J. Redick? I mean, that was laughable. I mean, just th- th- Brett Brown was sorely outcoached in this game. And, look, they better get yep. focused here because, this is this series is over. It's not a pushover. No. Yeah. No, they're the not. And not a pushover. And I'll tell you what, the Celtics at home are very, very tough to beat. Uh, no matter who it is, and and you know, Jeff, this is a, a massive credit to Brad Stevens and the Celtics organization. It seems that no matter what lineup they trot out there, they are a tough team to beat on that floor. So I, I mean, the Sixers are going to need to get it together. Ultimately, I still like Philly in this series, but. It's going to be tough. I mean, Boston is not going to give you anything. Yeah, and look, I mean, at the end of the game, uh, day, it's one game. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm pretty irritated. I mean, it's, you know, they didn't play well. But look, I mean, I don't think, for me, it was nothing that they did. They were fine offensively. I mean, even, I mean, you look at the, the box score, Blackjack. I mean, they they go five yeah. for 25 from three, and they, you know, they score 100 points. Um, look, defensively, they weren't good tonight. And, again, I will make this very clear. You, no one was going to beat the Boston Celtics tonight. I mean, they, they can't miss. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, they've missed one foul shot. Um, they're shooting 48% from the field, and they've made 17 threes. I mean, I, I don't really know a team in, in, in the world that could no, beat them tonight. You're right. I think part of that, though, is the Sixers' defense has made it easy on them. I mean, the, the defense sure. tonight's been poor. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And, and look, Joel Embiid's got to obviously understand that, um, you know, he has to go out and guard Robert Covington, um, you know, or, or not Robert Covington, um, Al Horford. I'm sorry, why did I say Covington? Covington's on my mind. Um, they, they just have to be better defensively. They have to find a way to, to limit, um, you know, so many open shots for, for Jalen uh, Jason Tatum. It's just – it's been a mess of a game. Again, like I said, yep. luckily, it's only one game, but um, yeah. they need to wake up quick. They do. And you know what, Jeff? I, I tend to think that much like with the Golden Knights losing in game two, I think sometimes in, in playoff series you need to lose a game every now and then to kind of get refocused because I think teams are prone to kind of going on cruise control in the playoffs when they win a few games in a row. And every now and then you need to get that focus back. You know, the Knights won five in a row, and now they dropped that game. I expect Gerard Gallant to have their full focus going into tonight. I think the Sixers in game two will be the same way. I think they'll be much more focused now that they see that Boston can beat them and beat them handily. Um, you know, kind of the same thing with the, you know, the other playoff game in action tonight in the NHL, Boston and Tampa. Boston rolls Tampa in game one, and then the Lightning come back and win 4-2 tonight. Um you know, sometimes a loss isn't the worst thing in the world. And as far as the hockey playoffs go, I expect most of these second-round series to go at least six games. I mean, I, I don't I don't see an easy series out there in these four. Yeah, I mean, 
look, you're you're the hockey guy, Blackjack. I'm gonna, you know, obviously leave it up to you. But I'm very high on, you know, I, I have this future. How do you feel about my future? Am I looking good there, Blackjack? I love your future. I, I gotta be honest with you, Jeff. Your future gets better and better by the day because. It, it, to me, it's just simple when it comes to, to, to the – first, I'll say this. I think whoever wins the Western Conference is going to win the Stanley Cup because as good as Boston is, and I think Boston comes out of the East, the teams in the West are just playing at a different level, and they have played at a different level all year. So I, I think that's where your Stanley Cup winner comes out of. And if you compare Vegas to these other three teams in the West, I think they're better than San Jose because – they play the same style of hockey as San Jose, and they're better at it. They're deeper at it, and they have the better goaltender. And then Winnipeg and Nashville, look, Winnipeg is a very, very good team, make no mistake, but they're nowhere near as deep as Vegas. They're not. They have a very good goaltender in Connor Hellebuck, but their depth doesn't compare to Vegas. And Nashville, Nashville, for whatever reason, has these defensive lapses where P.K. Subban just disappears for stretches of the game and if they do that against this Vegas team, they're going to get a couple of goals given up. I mean, it's just going to happen. It's what Vegas does. They pounce on you quickly. So I think Vegas is is the prohibitive favorite at this point to come out of the West. And in my mind, that makes them the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. So I like your future a lot. And you've got it at a good value. You didn't get it at 4-1. to one. No, no, I got it at uh, 30-1. to one. I'm uh yeah I'm I'm feeling good about it. I mean every game obviously is important and uh that's what I'm rooting from tonight. And I'm I'm making a little money betting them you know game to game as well. But uh, Blackjack, I will admit to you um and and this should come as no surprise to you. I mean uh, I have no studio here tonight. Page isn't working of course, uh, which isn't a surprise. I mean Blog Talk Radio never works so. Uh, that's no surprise to me, but uh, we welcome you all to Viva La Vegas. Hopefully uh, you enjoy the rants and raves tonight. Um, listen, um, don't don't call the show and talk about how bad the Sixers are and the season's over. Listen, it's one game, okay? I see all these Boston fans. All oh, the process is a fucking joke. Uh, you know, like Dave Portnoy. Dave, th- does Dave Portnoy understand it's one game? I mean, is this guy is he just trolling or what's up with him? I mean. Black I mean, listen, if, you, if you're if you're if you're familiar with Dave, you know that that's what he does because, um, you know, <laughs> like Dave's on the Bruins bandwagon right now. Dave doesn't pay a lot of attention to the Bruins until now. So, yeah, I mean, that, look, that's part of his shtick. That's why people love him. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, listen, you you can't, you know, after Game One of the the Bruins Lightning series, Dave wrote a blog titled "Give Me Crosby." That's assuming the Bruins beat the Lightning and Pittsburgh beats Washington. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of it. But, you know, look, it, it, there's there's obviously something to be learned from this game by, by Philly, and that's that their defense has to step up. I mean, it, you, the thing about Boston, Jeff, is this. Boston, to me, is a team that just isn't going to give you an easy game. That They're not going to just let one buy. You know, we saw Miami in the first round, and Miami had games where they couldn't score – and games where they couldn't defend Philly, Boston's just not going to make it easy. You're going to have to play your best game four times to beat them four times. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I still think Sixers will win in uh, six. We'll see how I, it goes. I do, too. I mean, uh, I've said all along, I, I think it's Philly in six. I think the Sixers get the job done. I think that uh, the Celtics took game one. I think they'll take game three, probably. And then I think that's Probably it. Yeah, 
Uh, we'll see how it goes. But obviously, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and Blackjack, like I said, you're going to have to uh, man that phone uh, bank there. Uh, and I, I can't see it. Unfortunately, for some reason, this is not working. I'll try to get it throughout the show. But give us a call any time. We'd love to hear from you. 917-889-3290 on the South Taiwan 101. South Taiwan 101, a great bar and grill in San Antonio, Texas. If you're ever in the area, San Antonio, make sure you go check out uh, the great people there at South Taiwan 101. Great food, great entertainment, great drinks, great time uh, in the heart of San Antonio, 101 Parada Street. Uh, make sure you're checking them out. Make sure you go get a burger and a beer and tell them people of Vegas sent you. Blackjack, uh, are we starting with calls? What are we doing oh, here? Yeah. Uh, We're moving right very good. calls, brother. We got people on the line. Let's get right keep to it, in, like you said, on the South keep in mind, hotline. Uh, keep in mind quickly, Blackjack, you want to call about the draft? How'd your team do? Uh, we could still go over that. Obviously, you know, we want to grade. Absolutely. Um, as you know, I went very in-depth with that. Uh, so feel free to call about that as well. You know, how'd your team do? We could check that out. Uh, Black, the floor is yours, man. Let's do it, brother. Let's get right to the Southtown 101 hotline. What's happening, my man? You're live on Viva La Vegas, brought to you by the Action Network. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Black Track is Coach here. Hey, Coach. What's hey. happening? Good, good. Well, first off, real quick, um, I'm not worried about the Sixers. I thought it was just a great game by Boston and – you know, young mm-hmm. team coming up on the road and in a tough spot. Probably weren't ready for that, but, you know, it happens. But I don't want to talk about that. I've been listening all day. Jeff, uh, EPL, relegation, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. of those bottom four teams? That's a great question, actually. Um, listen, I mean, I'm surprised by what we've seen this year. I mean, I thought – I think Huddersfield will get relegated. I think they'll find a way to fall into that. Uh, Huddersfield is just – they don't belong up here. Um, they just don't. You look at their last three games. They got Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Uh, it's very unlikely that they'll win any of those games. Maybe beat Arsenal just because Arsenal can't win on the road. But um, I- I'm quite surprised. I think West Brom is definitely going down. Um, I will say, though, they've played really well uh, for their interim manager. I think he deserves that job. I think they'll give it to him. Um, I still think they'll go down. There just, just isn't enough there. Um, I think it'll be West Brom. I think Southampton will go down just because they just don't score enough goals. And I think Huddersfield will find a way to fall in. West Ham will, will, will stay up. Swansea will stay up by the skin of their teeth. Uh, and then uh, Stoke will step as well. But listen, Stoke has um, you know, some very winnable games. You know, they get Crystal Palace at home, then they get Swansea. So yeah, that was a big draw over the weekend. They've had a couple good results lately, you know, at Burnley and then at Liverpool. Um, the fact that they were able to get one point there out of, out of Liverpool in Anfield is, is pretty impressive. Uh, so I would go with uh, Huddersfield, uh, West Bromwich Albion, and uh, the Southampton uh, Saints. Those would be my three. Yeah, because uh, Swansea plays Southampton and uh, Stoke City to close the season. So, um, all right. And then uh, Blackjack, kind of a legal question. Did you see how – uh, you know the Golden State Killer in Sacramento? Yeah, very. I actually I mentioned him on uh, one of my Periscopes a few months ago. It was one of the cases I was more fascinated in. They just uh, just made the arrest a few days ago. Yeah. Did you see how what the DNA was? How they got him? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned this. Man. I was just talking to my sister about this like an hour ago. Um, I actually think this is going to be a problem. Uh, to be totally yeah. honest with you. It turns out what what happened was, and for those of you who don't know, I'll give you a brief recap here. Um, 
the Golden State Killer is a guy in California who, in the 70s and 80s, had um, raped uh, over 50 women, and then he turned to killing people. And what he would do is he would break into their house, tie people up, and, and he would taunt them for hours on end. And, and if, if you don't know about it, look it up because it's a, it's a fascinating study in, in a serial killer. He The last uh, kill, I believe, was 1986, and he had gotten away with it. And uh, he would occasionally call his victims that he left living and tell them, you know, like, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to come for you, things like that. Bizarre case. And um, they made an arrest this, this past week in the case. And they, they, the thing that stuck out to me, Coach, is that they didn't really say how they came to suspect this guy. I think his name is James LaPaglia. Um, and it was curious to me. And then it came out that the reason that they were drawn to him was they had requested the databases from some of these ancestry DNA companies, you know, kind of like 23andMe or Ancestry.com. People submit their DNA to find out what their heritage is. And they found markers that closely match DNA left at the crime scenes in the 70s and 80s. Then they went to this guy's house and did a trash pull and matched it. And that's how the arrest came. And the, the, the problem that I see from a legal perspective is twofold. Number one, you know, with these companies turning over their entire database of DNA profiles, I think you may have a HIPAA issue, number one. And number two, there's a privacy issue under the Constitution. I mean, just because you send in a sample for someone to test for what they are telling you is ancestry purposes does not give them the right to turn that over to law enforcement without your consent. So I think there's a really big issue here uh, constitutionally, and I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how this turns out because he's going to have a good lawyer, whether he can afford one or not. Someone will take it for the publicity. I, I'm going to be curious to see how this plays out because I think there's a chance that that DNA could get thrown out. If it gets thrown out, they don't have a case against him. No, I just think it's like a textbook slippery slope, you know, who the it hell really is. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, and, and, and I'll tell you, coach, the thing that made me so skeptical was that they weren't saying what tipped them. It took them days to release that. And, you know, yeah. normally they come out and they say, well, we got a tip or we got this or we got that. And they just weren't saying, all they would say is DNA. It was DNA. It was DNA. And then it comes out that it was one of these websites that released their entire database to them. And it's no fault of law enforcement, I guess you can say, because they made the request and it was given to them. But it also doesn't make it constitutional that you just get to receive people's DNA without their consent. So, And like I said, I think there are also HIPAA issues because that DNA is, is medical information. Um, so I, it's going to be really interesting to see how this case plays out. Because you're dealing with a 72-year-old man. Um, I mean, he's got no reason not to fight this because – you know, what are they going to do? Take the death penalty off the table? A prison sentence is a death penalty for him. So, I mean, he has no reason not to fight it. And as far as, as they've said, he hasn't made any statements or confessions. So it's entirely based on DNA. I'm going to be very, very curious to see this because I'll be honest with you, as a lawyer, I don't really think it holds up. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys' time. I'll see you later. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Jeff, we'll continue with calls here on the Southtown 101 hotline as soon as I'm able to take the next one. Here we go. 
Uh, what's happening, brother? You're live on Viva La Vegas with me and Jeff. Fellas, what's going on, man? It's uh, it's Ryan, day two, Fools Weaver. How's it going? Oh, great. What's happening, Ryan? Do <laughs> hey, Jeff, man, relax, dude. I think you got to ease up on Covington. It wasn't as nice tonight. He was, Listen, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm not, not, not going to have this conversation. We, we talked about Covington. You're not going to sell me. He, he, I don't like him. I don't think he's you. good. I don't think he's worth the money. He's been a complete hack ever since he got it. There's nothing you can tell me to make me think that Robert Covington is worthy of the money. Hey, he's a complete you know, Ryan, 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 my take on Covington is this. I'm not necessarily even going to blame Covington. How is Brett Brown, do you play him that many minutes, though? I mean, why why are you not giving more run to T.J. McConnell? And, like, I, I know it may sound like a trivial issue to a lot of people, but if you watch Sixers games in the regular season – T.J. McConnell was a spark plug for that team. He was able to come Absolutely. in in the second unit, and he would defend hard. He was able to make plays. He was a pest. I mean, he was an annoying guy. And when you're against the Celtics roster, that, to be perfectly honest with you, is not overly talented at this point with the amount of players they're missing, how is that guy not effective against Terry Rozier? You know what I mean? Like, why would you stick Terry with Covington? Terry seven from nine yards. I mean, that, that's but that's what I'm saying. Is Covington is ice cold, and you're playing him almost yeah. 30 minutes, and you're giving T.J. McConnell four minutes of run. Don't you think McConnell would have made life more difficult for Rozier? Also, let, let's ask ourselves, and Ryan, maybe you can answer this. Actually, I have two questions for you. Who was guarding Rozier? Maybe you can tell me. You know, truthfully, Jeff, I was at work. It was so Covington. the last four minutes. I know. I mean, I saw the replay. I so, watched the replay. And that's, right? that's my point. That's my point. Right, right. And, and that's, and, and that's what, what – and also, again, Ryan, I'd like to ask you, what do you like about Covington? Other than you'll tell me that he's a great defender, but in every big game, he never seems to be able to defend. It's always in the middle of the year where, you know, he, he can kind of hide behind everyone else and, and do his thing. What, what else do you like about Covington? I like the fact that he's probably one of Brett Brown's project pieces that's going to stick around on the team and have a huge impact no, moving no, forward. Listen, that's listen, not, I, listen, I, listen, Ryan, I, that's, not, that's not necessarily something to like right, about him. I mean, and, I, I, I said this about Robert Covington, uh, I think, a week or two ago. To me, he's J.R. Smith. When Covington's hot, you Fair. keep him in the game and feed him the ball. When he's not hot, you, don't keep you him need him to sit his ass on the bench. And, Ryan, when Covington is Sorry. cold, he is no value to your team, and you need to sit him down. No, I agree, Here, here's I another, agree. And, 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 and Ryan, here, here's, here's what I'm trying Sorry, to ask Jeff. you, Ryan. During the draft, okay, I, I made it clear I hated Baker Mayfield, and I, no one could provide to me anything on the football field that could translate to the next level. It was, oh, he's a good guy, he's a good teammate, blah, 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 blah. He's really accurate. Let me ask you a question. Why, why do I care that Robert Covington's been a project? What does that matter? I mean, he's not good, nothing, though, man. on the court. It means what hey, basketball? It means nothing. If it means nothing to you, he's had games where he's he's shown out. Today, he didn't deserve to be on the court for 26 minutes. T.J. McConnell should have had more than six minutes on the court. I don't understand why Brett Brown got away from Anderson. Anderson was a pest in that Miami series. So I'm kind of confused yep. as to what, what, if, what, well, that, what Brown and, was and thinking coming into this game one in a loud in a loud you know arena in Boston with people who obviously hate us, right? I mean, or hate us, meaning Philly fans. Right, I just you know, it was bad coaching. Brett Brown got out coached tonight, and he Ryan, can't really defend. Ryan, you just hit the nail on the play. head. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, 
I don't know if if you would have beaten Boston if Brett Brown pulls all the right switches, but it would have been a hell of a lot closer than it was. He made it easy on Boston because you had a guy out yeah. there in Covington who was ice cold from the floor, giving you nothing defensively, and you just kept going to him because your two stars right. gave you what you need out of them. I mean, Embiid and Simmons did their job. It read I mean, Embiid job. went 30, it 31. It was the rest 31, of them. 31, 13, and 5 from Embiid. Nothing. And Covington was a yeah, liability. You couldn't expect That's problem. You can't right, have Ryan, liability. Right, let him finish. Oh, finish. Sorry, my, my, my bad, guys. I agree. I agree. Ilyasova, Bellinelli, you know, those guys didn't perform like they did in the, in the first series, especially in game one of that Miami series. I mean, him, him Reddick, I mean, they were, they were lights out. My, my thing is, though, right, first off, I just got to say this. Is there a worse chance? that you can say as a fan base, other than overrated, then he's not a rookie or not a rookie, whatever they were saying. I mean, come on. Is there something yeah, worse? Like, can you think it, that's a bad look. Listen. That's a bad, there there, there, listen, there are listen. a fan base that, that's unfortunately near the end of their run, and I think they're readily and they, they readily understand that. Tom Brady's going away soon. They get it. Um, listen, I mean, the Celtics it's a stupid at the end of the run. The Celtics are the Celtics going to be good for well, a long time, but I'm, I'm, Boston, I'm talking about listen, the team. Boston fans, as a, as a New Yorker, I can tell you, Boston fans are going to hit you wherever they can hit you, whether it's low, high, or anywhere in between. And if they've got it, look, that's the only thing they can say to Simmons. They can't chant that he's a bust. They can't chant that he's right. overrated. So they're going to go with you're not a rookie. It, it, they're going to say whatever they can say. Yeah, absolutely. Hard and, and then, you know, at the end of the day, guys, you're not going to be able to recover shooting 19% from the three when the other team's almost at 50%. I mean, Rozier barely – Rozier didn't miss. It's seven for nine from beyond the arc? Come on. I, I mean, mean, you're not going to beat it. Like I said, a blackjack. You're, I think we have to take a – and look, I, I'm really irritated with this performance. They didn't play well at all. I mean, not, but I think you – you know, Blackjack, you watched it. We all watched this game. You, you have to admit, I mean, every ball bounced their way. Every ball went in. Every shot was wide. I mean, it was just one of those games. I mean, you know, and you're, you're going to have those games. Um, you know, we, we just got to hope they don't have it again. And listen, I still think they'll win this series, but – um, you know, they, they need to get back to the drawing board and, and, and man up a little bit. Uh, Coach, or uh, Ryan, good call, man. I always, uh, you know, sometimes I don't always agree with you, but good good stuff as always, man. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Have a great night, man. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Take it easy. Uh, yeah, we'll keep it rolling in Southtown 101. I got the studio up, Blackjack, if, you're, uh, if you care here. So, who, who we got here? You live with us, my man? Yes, hello. What's up, gentlemen? This is Paco. How are you guys doing today? Paco, what's up, brother? What's going on? Not much, man. Thank you guys for taking my call. I just wanted to call and uh, a couple things to chat about here. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, when you're sizing up your MLB card, kind of, what are you what are you really looking out um, to kind of sniff out a good dog? Like, I'm just having a hard time with MLB betting because – Obviously, like I have a natural tendency to just want to lay, lay points, or I mean, um, yep. you know, lay a big number. And 
Um, yes. I took a shot yesterday with T- Tampa Bay. I thought that was a good spot. They weren't able to get it done. I took it today. Um, but just kind of like seeing seeing your plays come out daily, Blackjack, and you know, um, Jeff. I heard you on your closing line on Saturday. You had a lean towards Miami, you know, and I just am never going to those bottom those bottom but tier teams sometimes. for a play. And you kind of have to. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Paco. It's not something that that I do a ton of. But if you're uh-huh. going to take a dog, at least in my view, and Jeff, I, I'm curious to get your view on this. If you're going to take a dog in baseball, I, I generally will look at the starting pitching, you know, because like I'm looking at the last few dogs I've took and, you know, it, I had the Giants over the Nationals not long ago. And the Nationals were throwing Tanner Rourke, uh, you know, so that, that one I thought was a good play. I had uh, the Mariners and the Indians when the Mariners had... Um, what's his name, Paxton on the mound. You know, you, you got to look for, for a matchup where you think your starting pitcher can give you six because mm-hmm. if you can get that and you have an advantage there, at least you have a shot of the dog holding on. You know what I mean? Like tonight with yeah. uh, the Rays and the uh, Tigers, the Tigers had Jordan Zimmerman, and I think most of the money was on the Tigers because he's a name. You know, I mean, Zimmerman's been around for a while, but – this is his third year in Detroit. He's gotten progressively worse every year in Detroit. So there's no reason to like him tonight against Tampa. I know Tampa's not a great team, but, you know, Detroit's pretty bad themselves. And Zimmerman, even though people know who he is, he's been bad in Detroit. So I think that's kind of what you look for. I mean, Jeff, what, what about you when you're looking at taking a dog? Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, and this is something that we've, you know, Donnie and I, we've adopted over the last you know, year or so. We did it last year. We're doing it this year. It is finding teams, you know, looking at a card and saying to yourself, okay, let me look at the opening line. Okay, so let's say the opening line's 150. And, and I mm-hmm. see the obvious reason they're 150. Let, let's look, for instance, say at the Phillies. That's a prime example. Phillies are a better team than the Marlins. We all know that. They have their man Arietta pitch in. Everybody's happy. Um, the uh, line opened 155, and all day – um, the line either stayed at that point or went down. I saw it as low as 140. Um, the public, 70% of the money was on the Phillies, yet the line went down. It didn't make any sense. You have to be willing to step up and sit with some of these dogs, these little, you know, these mangy mutts, as you would call them. You know, they're usually home teams. It's a lot of, a lot of it's like the NBA, like in the middle of the season. You know, getting involved with, with you know, kind of just the money going the wrong way. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, frankly, having the balls and saying, you know what, I'm going to fade the big price tonight. Because you look a lot of the time, you know, this year, there's a lot of big prices that have been getting knocked down. I mean, and you have to be willing to say, you know what, I see a bad pitcher on the mound, like Blackjack said, like tonight with the LA Dodgers, Ross Stripling is a, um, he's a, he's kind of just a fill-in guy. Um, They have injuries. Ross Stripling comes up. Yeah, he comes up from the minors. He gives them a spot start. Hopefully, he gives them four innings. You look at Ross Stripling; he's getting crushed. Um, it, there, you can really spot in baseball where there's just guys that really just don't belong at this level. Um, you look at tonight with um, the Padres. Um, you know, for me, this Padre team right now is really bad. I mean, this Lauer kid tonight, Brian Mitchell's been a total fade. What I generally do is I don't lay juice just because. I don't mind laying one and a half runs, especially with a team like the Diamondbacks. This is a team generally that's very good at home. Yep. Uh, they've been very good at home. And listen, the Dodgers just aren't scoring runs right now. I mean, this team's putting up two, four, one. I mean, they're just not putting up runs. And I'm happy with Granky. I like him as a starter. I don't see any reason they don't yep. win by more than two runs. 
You have to be willing to it, say, you know what, I'm going to either lay the run line or with a, a bad team, I'm going to jump on a team where the public's obviously not backing them, yet the money's going their way. That didn't make any sense. Um, the books aren't stupid. Um, they, they don't get, you know, they, they don't have, I think they've won like 50 months in a row. Um, that doesn't happen because they're putting yeah. out, yeah, whatever it is. Um, the Phillies are, are cooling down a bit. Um, and, you know, you, you just kind of kind of ride um, teams like the Pirates. They're not playing well right now. You're getting the Nats today at home, basically at a coin flip price against a bad team that's not playing well. Um, you just kind of have to pay attention yeah. to it. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a long season. It's a long kind of grind. Um, and, and, you know, kind of keep the plays low as always. And, Paco, Jeff sure. makes a great point about certain teams that have just really bad really bad starting pitching. I mean, like the Padres, the Pirates. I can't tell you how many times I've just hit the over on those teams because, I mean, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get there. Sure. So, I mean, I think I've hit more overs on the Padres than anybody else this year because if if it's not Lucchese on the mound or, you know, uh, I think Richard, you, you're going to hit the over. I mean, they just it's going to happen there because their bullpen is not very good. Those other three starters are not very good. It's it's just going to get there. So you just sure. the biggest thing for me when evaluating those games. Jeff talks about line movement. That's obviously huge. Just look at your starters, man. If your starters are, are trash, I mean that's that's a big indicator because you're going to get early runs. Definitely cool. And I uh, wanted to ask you guys. Um, so that was super helpful. So I'll be looking at run lines and then uh, dogs where the market was kind of pointing to them. Um, with I wanted to get you uh, just real quick and see what you guys would give my uh, my old Chargers on their draft grade. Oh, I um, I love yeah. what the Chargers did. I loved it. I loved them getting Derwin James where they did. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an mm-hmm. outstanding pick. I, I think there was no way they thought he was going to fall to seventeen. I thought it was a great pick. What did you think, Jeff? Yeah, I, I will say, first of all, I, I really like the uh, fan that they picked to uh, go up and make the pick that caught on the San Diego Chargers. I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I've been to that area many times. It, it's a nice place. It's not generally thought of as a sports town, but I'll tell you what, they love their San Diego Chargers. And I, I actually feel bad generally for that fan base. You know, they've um, uh, you really had to deal with horrible. a lot of bullshit. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's cool that he was able to do that. Yeah, I, I have to agree with Blackjack. I thought – you know, the Derwin James pick, I actually had him going that low to that team. I just thought for some reason he'd get passed up a little bit, and I think they had to address that, and I'm glad they did. You look at the last couple of years, they've really helped that secondary. I mean, you brought in Desmond King last year. You went out and got mm-hmm. a Derwin James to be a hard-hitting safety. Um, you, you still have Jason Verrett there. Um, you need to be able to stop the pass. That's been a problem for them because they have a pretty good front seven. And I got to tell you, I um, there's a kid named Justin Jones they uh, grabbed out of NC State. Um, I'll go on record as saying I thought NC State had the best defensive line I've seen at, in some time at the college level. He's one of those four big boys up front, um, really good uh, defensive lineman, great uh, tackle for loss kind of guy, just a good run stopper, strong kid, um, has real good you know height and, and size. I mean, he's a, a gigantic individual. Um, I like what they did. Scott Quisenberry is a solid center for depth. He went out and got forced lamp last year. Um, would have liked to have seen maybe another position player. 
Um, you know, Dylan Cantrell is a nice player, but maybe one or two, that's never going to hurt you. But overall, I thought it was a solid draft. I would give it a, I would give it a B minus. It was good. wasn't great, but it was, it was solid. They addressed needs that they had. And you got Derwin James at 17. That's a win in itself. Cool. Yep. Right on. Well, yeah, I agree for sure. Cool. Right on. Well, right. Thanks, I'm, Paco. On a, I'm on a, I'm on a two teamer here. I got Tampa Bay already. I'm rooting for our team here. Blackjack. Let's get these golden Knights. And Paco, we're and bringing them home, money. brother. We're bringing them home. All right, I'll see They're you in this the victory fake parade. city of San Jose. The they got no choice but to win. <laughs> no doubt about it. Cheers, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Paco. Okay. All right. Bye. Jeff, we're going to go to another caller here, a friend of ours who's been absent for quite a while. Our yeah, great this is friend. A, this, is a, this is a weak, weak move right here. This is Boston a weak move. Aiden Sit down in a hole Philadelphia resident. That is Larry, he wins and he calls Larry, my man. What's, What's happening, up? fellas? No, I'm not calling with any agenda. I'm calling to see how everyone's doing, what's shaking tonight. That's all I'm doing. I'm not calling with Surprise any, any agenda you're calling, yet. Though. Listen, I had no, I no, listen, I didn't even watch the game. What happened? I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Jeff, son listen, of a I'm calling, I'm calling for one reason and one reason alone, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love you, buddy. You know I love you, but I heard. I do. I, heard I love you, too. Overrated. In a city whose run is coming to its end, and I said I gotta hop on the horn and call these guys. I gotta hop on the horn and call these guys. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything from a football perspective that you don't already know. I mean, you're well aware. I mean, Tom Brady's not gonna play forever. I mean, you know that. No, I get that. From I understand. I, I get where I mean, you're coming from in that. But I get where you're coming from from that window. I mean, the Bruins are rolling right now. They might have lost tonight, but we, we've got some, we got some magic going on there still. The Red Sox, and we still got this, this young Celtic squad. I'm telling you, Jeff. I think this series. I know you guys have this wrapping up in six, but I don't. I don't see that happening. I think if anything, the Celtics push at seven, and I still like. I'm. Not, I, I will give Philly the series. They're a more talented team, and obviously the Celtics have just completely dismantled with injuries. And that's not an excuse. I'm not. I'm not giving any excuses. The Celtics played better tonight. I just don't understand. From from a better perspective, the Celtics have been so tough at home all year long. Like I, I can see the Celt I could see the Celtics winning these first two games and then going to Philly and getting dismantled. Games three and four. Completely dismantled, losing by thirty points. The same the same way that that, that the Milwaukee series. It's just this team plays so well at home. I, I didn't understand the, the the angle. You know what I mean? From from a better perspective, I didn't understand the, the line, I guess. I can this see Jalen Brown being out and seeing it, it, seeing it kind of fold a little bit, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I kind of. This, I didn't see a, this final score, but this was an interesting line. I, I think you're totally right. I mean, there were some offshore books that pushed. Like my bookie closed five and a half on the Sixers. I mean, yep. that's a huge yeah, move in a playoff game. I mean, with one side. I mean, listen, the Sixers have been a great. Um, you know, you know, a team as far as against a number, but that's a huge move in one game. I mean, uh, public was all over the Sixers tonight, and um, if you talk to any bookmaker in Vegas or offshore, I mean, every bookmaker said they had a huge liability on. And look, I mean, yesterday you got to keep in mind, Larry. A good point of, of of emphasis is they got hurt bad with Indiana, and they got hurt bad because the Rockets rolled Utah. Very public day yeah, yesterday. Yeah. It, uh, it was a right. feather day for books, and you had to figure um, there was something. You know, there was something, uh, something touchy about this game. Somebody asked me, you know, what do you like in this game? I said, I, listen, I think the Sixers will win, but um, I'm not running to the window to bet them. 
Um, it's the first game. They've been off for a couple of days. Um, you know, sometimes you think that's going to help the dog um, just because, well, the, you know, are going to help the favorite because the dog, you know, just played. But we saw tonight, I mean, for the, the Sixers were asleep. I mean, really the whole game and never really woke up. Yeah, you're right. Totally weird line. And, you know, the public got crushed on this one. I wanted to catch the kid Ryan on the line too, the the Robinson Covington, the, the Robert Covington guy, so I could find out where he gets his drugs because he likes. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he's a big Robert Covington guy, and I'm looking to catch yeah, him this load tonight. He, this guy, this guy Ryan, he, I mean, he's been adamant about Robert Covington. I don't. But Robert I don't Covington is not. He is not good. Oh boy, but I will agree with you. I will agree with you from the perspective that. The, the Celtics won't shoot like that again. They won't hit those shots like that again. But, no, you know, no. They defend well, man. I don't know what it is. It's like they just – they know how to – I don't know. They don't they, – I well, feel Larry, like they know how well to defend coached. Philly. I mean, they're, they're exceptionally well coached. You have, you have in Seriously. my mind, the second best coach in the NBA, and that, that matters in the playoffs. And the Sixers – you know, look, I like Brett Brown. I'm a Brett Brown guy, but – his rotation tonight was inexcusable. I, I don't know how... But that's how, why I'm not a Brett listen, Brown guy, because it's moves like this, stunts I, I, I like that. It, Jeff. I get it. I, I get where you're coming from with it, because like, as a coach, you have to recognize that Covington is a hot and cold player. When he's hot, you leave him out there, you feed him the ball. When he's cold, you need to sit him down, because not only is he not going to make shots, but he's a defensive liability, and against a team like the Celtics... You can't have liabilities on the floor because they will. And, and I'll admit, it. it's it's very rare that he is having a good game. I mean, he is. It's rare. And you know, another thing that I had to, had a real issue with tonight was it was it was it was the rotations were bad. But you know, the, the little things like you see JJ Reddick get absolutely shredded by Jason Tatum. He's clearly not able to guard him. Where was the adjustment? Because in the second half, it was the same story. I mean, I, I why is Covington such a great defender? Why wasn't he on? I mean, he's more he's he's the same size as uh, as Tatum. Why wasn't he guarding Tatum? I don't I don't get it. But he's such a great defender, you would think that he would be guarding him. Um, that's yeah, my issue still, with Brett Brown a lot of the time. Still make these adjustments going into game two. You know what I mean? All this you stuff they'll think. take it. But I gotta I gotta ask you, Jeff. It's it's gotta chap your ass seeing Jason Tatum out there doing that stuff. That kid, he oh, is gonna be. I don't know if he's going to – I don't know, man. Is that well, like – I mean, Larry, look. feeling like – Larry, there's nothing unreal. you can say other than Danny Ainge did what Danny Ainge does again, and he, he fleeced the Sixers. He took the players he wanted at one, at three, and got an extra pick out of it. I mean, it was a great trade by Danny Ainge. I'll admit, I'll admit, though, I'm – I'm not a particular fan of his drafts generally. Uh, he's usually a complete idiot when it comes to selecting talent, but he did do a nice job in this one as far as you know picking the right guy. Uh, seemingly right now he's the right guy. Um, I'll, you know, Mark I'll agree with you had on a, that. Mark Helfoltz has done um, not only a lot of damage to his own uh, game, but you, you, you look at him, I mean, he was the main component behind the Joel Embiid injury, and I know that was a very uh, random thing, but it seems like uh, his – season has just been mired by negativity. I mean, it seems like a yeah, black cloud is following Markel Fultz around, and you know, it's like a it bad does. stretching family. You can't, can't seem to pick anything it right. Um, that's how it seems with Markel Fultz, and he's just and, not and, you been know, able Jeff, to say what you want about, about Ainge's, about Ainge, you know, in the draft. Danny Ainge makes really good trades. I mean, I, I don't know that's what, what it is, say, yep. but the guy doesn't really make bad trades. I mean, you look at the deal for Kyrie Irving. What did they give up? I mean, they give up Isaiah Thomas, who looks like a 
a, a not disaster even outside of Boston. You have Jay Crowder, okay, fine. And you pick up Kyrie Irving, and then you make the trade in the draft, and you wind up getting, you know, Jason Tatum instead of Markel Fultz. That looks like a win on its own, plus you get the extra pick. And then you sure. go back in time to the Garnett, the Pierce, and you know what I mean? The Garnett yeah. Pierce trade. I mean, we're still reaping the yeah, benefits I mean, from that trade. Yeah, we them to Brooklyn. We set them up for the future. So, I mean, Ainge, look, Danny Ainge, for whatever faults he may have, has done a very, very good job of keeping that team competitive and rebuilding on the fly, which is the hardest thing to do in the NBA. Right. I wanted to call in and say hello. I haven't talked to you boys in a while, though, but uh, – I know. I think I think this goes. I just think this could go seven, man. And I I honestly could see the Sixers winning the series in seven. Could. But uh, I was wondering when you were going to call. Oh, no, actually, you know what? You know what story I wanted to tell you, Jeff? So listen to this. The yeah. other day, right? The other day, I'm at the supermarket. Here's one, and then I'll let your boys go. I'm at the supermarket, right? This kid's got on a nice, nice green T-shirt. You know what it says on? Philly special. The Philly special, right? So I got uh-huh. my Patriots shirt on kid walks up to me and says, oh, you know what I mean? He says, you're a Patriots fan, huh? I go, yeah. He goes, how do you like my shirt? I say, it's, it, it's cute, you know what I mean? I go, listen to this kid. I said, if I had a T-shirt for every touchdown Tom Brady threw in a Super Bowl, I'd have enough T-shirts to clothe a third world country. Just like that, walked away from him, said, go something. All right, I'll talk to you, boys. Larry, Thanks, Larry. that's the best, brother. That's why we love you. That's why anytime you call in, Boy, Jeff, good call. No, good he, call from Larry. Listen, I, I've said it before. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't call on more. I, I, it was a little interesting, though, that he called tonight, uh, surprisingly. But, yeah, listen, Larry, I mean, don't be a stranger, man. I mean, want to hear from you. Uh, listen, Blackjack, um, make sure I, I know Paco did it. Listen, if you have a question about the draft, feel free to call in. We're kind of putting a bell on the uh, NFL draft. Um, you know, Blackjack, real quick, um, before, actually, you know what? We'll keep. We have a couple of calls that have been waiting. Let's go to uh, Guan Wei. Guan Wei's been hanging on. Guan, what's up? What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Good. What's up, Guan? That's good. It's not much. Uh, who y'all like tomorrow uh, in the the Cavs and Raptors and the Pelicans and the Warriors? I like great the Cavs. question. I already Guan. plus six and a half. Great question. Um, I'll tell you what. In that game, Jeff, I actually I I. I'm not really on a side there, but I love that under. I really, really like that under at 215. The Cavs and the Pacers struggled to get over the total, and that total dropped to 199 in that series. 215 is too many points for these teams in a playoff game. I I love that under in Cleveland, Toronto. The Pelicans and the Warriors, man, I probably will jump back on the Pelicans at 10.5. I don't know. I, I I just don't think Golden State's going to blow them out in every game. I, I think the Pelicans played a really bad game in game one, and, and it's kind of inflated this total. You look at the numbers on it, you've got 76% of the money on that, and the line hasn't moved at all. I kind of like the Pelicans in the 10.5, but I love the under in Cleveland, Toronto. Okay, I appreciate that. I was I was leaning towards the under. I just don't know. I know that, uh, to me, Toronto can score better than Pacers can. And you know, Juan, not, there's, a, uh, there's an interesting right. nugget that I learned today. Uh, part of the Action Network, if you subscribe to the pro subscription, is you get uh, access to Sports Insights, which is you know, a very analytical, statistical-driven website. And I saw this statistic that said that in playoff games, when you have an under that's above 
200 and it drops, the total drops by a point or more, it hits the under at like 86% of the time. And that number goes up when it's above 210. And this number is open to 218. It's down to 215. I, I think you got to pound that under. The, the Cavaliers have struggled to score in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to change. LeBron's going to do what he does. Toronto knows how important this series is. I expect this series to be a very kind of focused, meticulous series. I don't think you're seeing 110 points on the side here. Okay, that's what's up. Uh, also, uh, Jeff, I've got a question for you. Uh, I listened to your uh, your uh, Champions League, and I'm still, you know, getting familiar with the uh, terminology and some of the bets. You say you like the Bayern Munich um, double chance. Is Correct. That, is that what you said? Now, what is that again? Just want to make sure. Draw double chances. You basically have the draw and the win covered. So if the game's a draw, you still win. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like draw no bet because draw no bet is pretty much you know you push right. It's it's basically plus half a goal. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure because, like I said, I don't because some you know I mean like I said some of the terminology I just want to make sure so I won't just blindly don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so I got you. I got you. No, I feel you. Yeah, I did pretty good today. I mean, I had I um, Liverpool. I, I didn't think they was going to score much. I figured they were just going to score two because. They just want to secure that fourth spot, um, and that's what they did. So, and I had them uh, win to nil too. So that was pretty good. You um, beat Tottenham. No, yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, sorry, I'm not a little oh, sorry about that. Yeah, and what they happened with Court today? Man, they got their ass in the world. Yeah, they they sucked. Uh, I mean, yeah, I really got. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're not good on the road. I mean, I have to stop betting them on the road. But nah, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I think I, I have. <laughs> They're kind of bad for me because I've only this is that's the second time I'm taking them this year and they've and they both lost. I'm just like I'm so stay off of them. I might be their jinx. So, um, but no, they're, just not, good, they're just not good on the road. They're just not good on the road. I mean, they're good at home. That's about it. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm liking that. For some reason, I'm liking that under in the uh, Real Madrid. I think they kind of learned their lesson with Juventus. I think, and like I said, I I don't know the side because, like you said, Baron. Bayern Munich ain't playing anybody, but damn man, they can score quick. So it's just like, but I feel like three and a half is a little too much. Then I'm getting pretty good price for yeah, it. It's so hard I might to bet. Take it's, it's hard to bet unders in, in second legs when teams have no, you're, to score no, you're right. No, no, I agree. Cause trust me, it's totally different. No, I agree. I just have a feeling. I feel like they may hunker down a little bit, but like I say, you never know. It could be, you know, what I'm saying. But I just have, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking at that right now, but. But uh, not a, didn't want too much. You know, just calling. Um, like I said, uh, that game. Like like you said, I, uh, as far as the Boston game goes, I mean, they were just hitting their shots. And I mean, like I said, they'll they'll end up winning it out. Like I said, I just think that where they had those those uh, that rest, I think they'll wake up. It's just that that's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, every time like it's it's like that in football a lot too. Like say a string quarterback comes in and or and everybody's on the other side, and that team's ended up winning. You know, like with Jalen Brown going down, I feel like everybody was like, oh, man, they got this on lock, and then look, look what happened. So I feel like sometimes when when people think that things are, you know, too good to be true, it's, it's, it really is. Like, it is too good to be true, and you got to take the other side. So, no, but, I hear you. 
right, well, I'll, y'all take care, Black Jack, Jeff. Man, I'm going to let y'all go, man. But uh, I'll, see, I'll talk to y'all tomorrow, and uh, have a good day tomorrow. Take it easy, man. Thanks, Juan. See you, see you guys. See you later, man. Uh, we'll keep it going here. If you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. 917-889-3290. All you, uh, hey, all you Boston fans, you have so much to say. Give us a call. Let's chat. Let's talk. Uh, I want to hear from you. Jeff, uh, uh, just yeah. update you. The Sharks are up one nothing on Vegas, but Vegas is just about to go on the power play here with 12 minutes to go in the second period, so we'll see if we can get this even. Yeah, well, they better even it up. I need, I need a win here. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, Blackjack, this guy's been holding for almost 27 minutes, and it's a block number. Let's see what uh, um, let's see what mystifying information he gives us. Uh, caller, you're live. What's up? Hello, how are you? You were waiting to do that. 27 minutes. Blackjack, that guy waited 27 minutes to do that. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had 27 minutes of my life to waste like that. Me too. But you know what, Jeff? That means he listened to us for at least 27 minutes. I I just, you know, I I really, like, I want to give this, like, one minute just to tell that guy, like, dude, God gave you, he doesn't give you a lot of time on this earth. You know, I, I think it's imperative that you look in the mirror a little bit, just, you know, kind of realize, like, dude, God gave me a certain amount of time, and I don't know when my end's going to be. My my end could be, you know, in a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years. You, you, wait, you wasted 27 minutes to come on and make some stupid comment that we didn't even hear what you said. You wasted also, your life, that's bro. not the first time, and it probably won't no. be the last time. He's wasted collective hours just doing yeah. that. No, you're totally right, man. It, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I feel bad for that guy, really. I mean, it, it's kind of like all these other guys on Twitter, you know, that um, you know that that whine and moan and and you know bother me. You know, it's like you waste all your time. You hate me much. You waste all this short time on there. We go. Blackjack. We're tied, Jeff. We're tied. We're tied Boom. in San Jose. Yes. Nights just oh, tied up. One one. Good work. There we go. Boys. Good there work. We go, Who are ya? Who are ya? Who are ya? Come on, baby. Uh, give us. Give us a call. We got people uh, on the line here. We want to talk to you. Give us a call now. Uh, Blackjack, quickly, a couple MLB scores of note. Um, Yankees came back to earth tonight. Uh, I think they were two hit tonight, if I'm correct. Uh, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton has to be on PEDs, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> Charlie Morton did literally nothing his entire career. Well. And, like, lately he well. just is unbelievable. Um, really well. What else do we have here? Arizona's up five nothing. They continue to pile it on. Uh, San Francisco's pitch, pitching well. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, Jeff Samarjo on his first start. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh, Cleveland and Texas go over the number. High scoring game there, seven five. Cole Hamels uh, just can't seem to get anything going. A big win for the Milwaukee Brewers. They uh, end a four game losing. I know you were on them. A uh, blackjack Fletcher. That was a gutsy play by you because. In Milwaukee, it's sometimes – I think that's what's great about baseball. Sometimes you have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to bet that this streak ends tonight. And, look, Cincinnati's a great team to have a streak end against. That's that's kind of standard. I was on the Miami Marlins tonight. I feel really good about it. And, you know, I'm proud of myself here because I I really like these – you know, like I said, kind of trying to challenge myself to find a team that is kind of priced – wrong and you know the the public's on the other side and 
Um, you know, you're going to bet Miami a little bit, but uh, Boston, yeah. uh, real quick, one one one. Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox uh, put up ten runs tonight. A big night. I mean, is this team black? Are they not the kings of grand slams? Seems like they hit a grand slam every you game. You know, Jeff, it's so funny, and we talked about this before the season started. I remember saying this: the Red Sox were going to be better than people thought because if you if you yeah. look. At what their lineup is, it's a lot of young players. And last season, they all kind of took a collective step back for no real discernible reason. And that usually doesn't carry over if you look at baseball historically. Like, usually there's a bounce back. And you've seen it in full force with the Red Sox. They added J.D. Martinez to the lineup. That was it. And he has hardly been the driving force here. I mean, it's been... You know, guys like Mookie Betts that that have really stepped up. And, and the Red Sox, look, the Red Sox are going to be a force. And, I mean, there's that team is legit. They have starting pitching. Their bullpen is good. They have the lineup. That team is going to be dangerous all year long. And, you know, you look at what they did tonight as a, a plus, a minus 200 do, uh, favorite tonight, and, and they go out and, and, and put a 10 to 6 win on the board. You got to be impressed. And you talk about the Marlins game, Jeff. You know, I looked at that game, and I was actually on the Phillies. The only reason I, I took the Phillies was because it was Dan Straley's first start of the year, and I, I didn't really know what right. you were going to get out of Straley with Arietta on the mound. It felt like a safer play to take the veteran Arietta with Straley. Look, Dan Straley's an okay pitcher. He's not, he's not Jake Arietta when he's, even when he's on his best. And it's his first start of the year. But, you know, Arietta was not sharp tonight. I mean, just not a very good start from Jake Arietta. So, yeah, I mean, a good play by you to get the Marlins at the plus value there, plus 140. Thank you, Blackjack. Yeah, uh, we'll get to one call here. I just got a uh, a, a point to make, Blackjack. Just wanted to remind everyone uh, that uh, tomorrow, uh, keep in mind, Mike's on. He's ready to go on the fan. Oh, God. You know what, Jeff? We haven't talked about that yet. What? Listen, Blackjack. That is the most he bizarre is a, situation. He's a he clown. Is a, he is a clown. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk about the goat like that, Blackjack. Come on. The goat. Come on. Jeff, Jeff, the can goat, we be bro. totally the honest goat. here? Like, this is the safe space, okay? Sure. Has there ever been a guy who has less actual knowledge about what goes on on a field or a court or a rink yeah. and has made yeah, more well, money than that man? I think for me, like, and I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't, I think that's one of the big problems with a lot of radio guys. They're not that, um, they don't know a ton about all the sports, like kind of we do. Um, we can, like, if you said to me, hey, you tell me about this and go totally different, tell me about something, I could do it. And I think that's just kind of me. And I'm kind of, I think a lot of, we're not like other people. Most people don't have the knowledge that we do in sports, but I will say you're right. I, I don't think Mike is a guy with a ton of sports knowledge. He knows most things, but for me, it's kind of – I've always patterned my own shows off Mike. I just – I think the abrasiveness is something that you might not like, but there's a reason Mike Francesa, people listen to him. I mean, he right. is – what I'm saying is you know, there's, there's a difference between having that edge to you and also know what knowing about. what you're talking about yeah. and having that edge yeah. to you falling asleep in the middle of a call. I mean, yeah. do you think there's any chance, Jeff? He has a show coming on tomorrow afternoon. Do you think there is yeah. any chance he's watching this hockey game right now? Oh no, he's probably hasn't done anything. He he seems like one of those no. guys that like literally 
walks in and is like, okay, did you guys do what I asked? And he, they give him a bunch of notes, and he goes on the air. You know? Like the Vegas um, but, tonight, one of the biggest stories in all of sports right now, yeah, and right, there is no right. chance he can name uh, you two players on this team. Okay. Uh, uh, we're back, uh, folks. Uh, uh, we're back. Let's go to uh, Mike and me. I pack Mike. Uh, uh, all right, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, dude, uh, wow. do you know who Sour Shoes Do you know who Sour Shoes is, Blackjack? Yes. He's that guy that calls in and like, dude. Yeah. Does he not do the best Mike impression ever? Like seriously, does. it's amazing. It does. Uh, it's quite amazing. I also love the guy uh, uh, on YouTube, Mike Zahn, who does like historical reenactment reenactments with Mike Francesa. I love that stuff. I'll have to check that guy out. I haven't heard that guy. He does um, like the revolutionary. Uh, with Mike Francesa talking about how, like, you know, the the British are going to win. Like, you know, <laughs> come on. How, how, is, how are these guys going to beat the British Army? You know, like all this right. stuff. I've, it's fantastic. It's very good. Did you ever hear the call when this guy, this caller calls in and asks Mike if he thinks the team will ever go 162-0 and in, in baseball? Did you ever see that? No, I don't think I have. I have to send you the link. This caller calls in and asks Mike if he thinks uh, that a team, if they'll ever go undefeated, it's hilarious. So Mike handles it. Uh, let's go back to the uh, phones here. Uh, caller, you're live. What's up? What is up, guys? This is uh, Matt from Indianapolis. What's up, man? Hey, Matty. Exciting night in sports. Looks like Vegas got one back, and um, I'm on that one with you guys. So that looks good, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're hoping they can keep it up. Yeah, um, exciting night in sports and Champions League tomorrow. Um, I heard uh, as I watched your video, Jeff, earlier today, and I like your play with Bayern Munich in a sense. I, I really do. Yeah, I, I I think they'll hang around. I mean, they I thought they played well in the first leg. I I think they were a little unlucky not to win. Uh, no uh, Isco, which is important, and. Uh, yeah, listen. I, I think they'll be fine. I think they can hang and and you know maybe get a draw out of it. And you know, look, I'll take the value in it. I, I'm not in love with betting against Real Madrid at home, but um, look, I um, I'll take a shot with it. Yeah, I heard one of the callers talking about how they're they would like the under in that game. You know, this is just one of those games that you know I don't know. Like blackjack, will you be watching this type of game tomorrow at all? Because if you if you have soccer time at two forty five Eastern time definitely a game I'll be honest with you probably not probably not <laughs> man this is like one this is one of those games you just two like to one to Vegas Marchessault so just scored yes. for the Golden Knights come on yeah. baby back from the fucking dead let's go fuck yeah fuck yeah boom well what do you got in Liverpool Matt I'm sure you want to talk about Liverpool uh I I don't know you know I I I think Roma is going to be tough. They're going to come at them from the get-go. Uh, they're going to have to play just like they did against City. I don't know. I I think that Liverpool might lose the match, but still go through. That's kind of what yeah, I, I that's, think. Yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of my thoughts. I, I don't. That, think that's not, yeah, I think it might be like. A, by the way, guys, the, the goal by Jonathan Marchessault was just absolutely beautiful. Just a spectacular Good. goal. Something Good. Give me another one. Yeah, I, mean, I need it. Tonight's been a good night for me on the baseball card. I mean, I, I did lose with the Phillies, but the, I mean, currently the Diamondbacks are looking good. Uh, Washington 
is good to me. I'll tell you another uh, thing. Matt mentions the Marlins. I'll tell you another thing, Blackjack, about like kind of betting on bad teams and you win. Like, I think you feel like a lot more rewarded. Like, I feel like you, you kind of feel like, wow, you know, I just oh, yeah, sniffed this do. one out. 100%. I, I was able to pick it. You know, it's like, yep. I, kind of, I kind of felt like, you know, good about that, you know? Listen, when you, bet a one, um, when you bet a minus 140 favorite and it hits, it's more relief than anything. When you bet a plus 140 dog and it hits, you feel like you're the king of the goddamn world. Yeah, dude, it's the best. Like, I don't – I just – I don't really – like, even tonight, I'll admit, like, I took the Yankees tonight because, like, I'm getting a team in the Yankees that's won 10 in a row, plus 155 against Charlie Morton. Like, I'll take plus 155. And I think you have to, like, as a better – and that's why, you know – for so many years, I've I've always had fun with Twitter. Like I don't, I know I I know people think it like gets to me, but I do laugh a lot of times just because I do think it. People like there was a guy on our, our soccer show today, Blackjack. That now in Premier League this year on that show, Blackjack, I'm up like 60 units. Like I've had a great season, and he came on. And he was like, "Oh, you know, your Italian picks over the weekend really sucked." And and I'm like, "Well, dude, like I'm not gonna hit 100." percent I'm like, I think people don't get that, like hitting 60% is hard to do and that you're going to lose Definitely. a lot of the time. And sometimes you have to make moves. You have to make bets sometimes that you know might lose. Like, I don't bet on a soccer Saturday. Like, yep. I don't – there's games where I'll take a four-to-one dog and, and I don't expect them to win, but the value for me is too high. You know, it's you like shot, NASCAR. Yeah, yeah like exactly. NASCAR. I bet, yeah. I bet 850 underdogs, you know, but I see value in them and I see, you know – you got to be willing to do that. And I think some people kind of look and gloss over that stuff. It's like, well, you lost, but yeah, I know, but I thought I put my money in the right spot here. You know, I was laughing at your NASCAR video yesterday, man. That was the first NASCAR race I've watched probably in like five years. And it was, it was very interesting. It was a great race. And it was a good race it to watch because Talladega is a speedway. I mean, you're going to have wrecks. You're going to have, you know, really fun races at the end. And you look at the race at the end, I mean, you know, Logano almost bottled it and gave it away, but, um, you know, yeah. he was able to finish. I'm telling you, when you bet on NASCAR, it's fun as hell. Like, it, that it really is. That was fun as hell. It was really, yeah. really fun. By I'm the way, guys, we just got another goal in Vegas. Yeah. Riley Smith yeah. scored it. It's oh, three to one. I lived at the over at three and a half when I saw there were no goals after the first winner, period. Winner, winner. So. Yeah, that's a good one. That escalated motherfucking quickly. Beautiful. Love it. Dude, that's what happens with our Golden Knights, brother. They pounce on you. When you you let up defensively for a second, they will put two or three in the net. That's why you can't bet against this team. Like a thief in the night. And then uh, IU Hoosiers got a big commit today in Romeo Langford. That was kind of yeah. That's that uh, that's a gigantic uh, factor there. I mean, that's 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 big stuff. I mean, Romeo Langford was yeah. a top five uh, commit. Um, listen, um, you know he could have won a couple of different Yeah, that's a good commit for Archie Miller. It really is. I mean, they had it a is. tough season last year, but he's gonna he's gonna change quick. The problem is, I mean, he's a one and done, but. Um, He's the number one yeah. shooting guard in the class, so that's big. Get yeah, him. no. The first word that came to mind when I watched his mixtape tonight was he's just smooth. Like his his movements, I don't know. He's he's got a really good shot. He can go by you with the dribble. He's he's, he's got a nice shot. I don't know. I like him, but um, yeah, it's a huge <laughs> huge win for Archie Miller. 
Yeah, that's a really big time uh, commit. Uh, you know, I I kind of compare him to like, um, I think he's a a better version of like D'Angelo Russell, and that's high praise. So, yeah, yeah, he is. He's smooth like that. Yeah, I, I, he's I Rip Hamilton esque, like Rip Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, coming off the screen like that. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes the mask on. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff, Matt. Hey, good talking with you guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks Matty. Uh, we got a couple other calls here. Let's get to them here. Uh, call your live. What's up? I'm married. We got our friend Johnny uh, Cash call, on the line here, Jeff. Caller, you're live. What's up? What's up, guys? Johnny. How's it going? Hey, so um, Sunday, you saved me, uh, big man. I'm the, the soccer player, I don't know how you went into your back and got turkey leaked, but that was, a, that was a really good one. I never even heard of that. Let me tell that. you something. Let yeah. me tell you something. There's uh, – there's a team in Turkey called Galatasaray, and they were the team I bet on. Blackjack, I actually um, – I think it's important to learn. I love to read. I love to learn about other countries and cultures. This team, Galatasaray, they've actually been voted um, – they have the number one home atmosphere in world football. Like, anywhere you go, they just have an unbelievable home field advantage. And they don't lose at home. Like, they just don't. Um, yeah, I mean, they're a, a team that I try to bet on once in a while – um, yeah, th- no, the, they're a great, a great team to bet on John. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were good money yesterday. I, I was surprised my book had that because sometimes they don't do, uh, like the Wales league and the Scottish league and stuff like that. So I was happy to, to get that pick in the morning. But, uh, what, what did you think about, uh, Washington's draft picks? You think they did uh, a good job? I've, yeah, I, I think they, they did a really good, good job. Draft. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought I um, yeah, they were definitely I a love good Geist. one. They, they, sure. Then you got guys at a great position. I mean, you got guys at, you know, towards the end of the second round, um, which I got to tell you, this is where I feel like, you know, I, I, and I'll point it out during this call, this, this is where Cleveland struck out. I would have took guys if I was Cleveland. I thought he, they really, he really would have fit that football team. He was kind of a bruiser kind of runner. He can kind of spell Carlos Hyde, who's a bit of a more of a – first and second round back. But yeah, I like the rest of the draft. I mean, you go out and get, um, I think a really underrated player in Simi Cobbs. You got him late. He's going to be a good receiver in this league. I have a feeling. Um, I like Troy Apke out of Penn state Deron Payne. You add him to the line with John Allen. They, they were uh, teammates at uh, Alabama. I think Tim settle might be the most underrated pick they have. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton out of Alabama as well. Really filled up their defense a bit. Would have liked to have seen a bit more, uh, you know, kind of concern in the uh, with the left cornerback. I don't know if Orlando Skandrick's the answer, but you do have Fabian Moreau there already. I like their draft overall. It, again, it's yeah, we very were, reliable. We were, uh, we were one pick away from Vita too. That's and that was your prediction. I yeah. think they would have picked Vita. That's 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 where I would have went if I was them. Um, I think Vita Vey is a better player than Deron Payne. They're they're kind of similar, uh, but I, I don't hate the picky. You know, either way, it's going to be obviously very reliant on Alex Smith. You know, if Alex Smith can be, you know, a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, they're going to win a lot of games. But I like the fact that they now have a bit of a run game. You know, they've really been a void of that yes. since Al- Alfred Morris left. Um, you know, are their receivers good enough? 
I think so. Uh, but I still don't, I'm still not ready to say that they're much better than they were last year. I, I still think they're, they're in a tough division um, and the teams around them got a lot better. I mean, you can make a case in the NFCs. The Giants are the second best team now. They got a lot better. Yeah. The Eagles, make a case, are better right now than they were at the end of last year. Uh, and the Cowboys you know, Jeff, are, are still. You made a, you make a great point there about that division. I, the NFL win totals came out yesterday, and I saw the Giants. The over under is at six and a half. How the hell do you not pound that over? This team yeah, is going to win I, six games. We oh, said they we are going to win six games? No, they're going to win way more than six. I mean, how is this no, that's not an 8-8 eight yeah. eight team at worst? I have no idea. And I think as far as drafts are concerned, I had to do some stuff for SBR on the draft. And I, I actually rated them as having one of the better drafts overall. I, I think this is a really – the good football team. And you look at what they, right. And they're going to get no, Beckham back. Like, how is this not at right. least an eight-win team? They're they're such a different team than they were at the end of last year. I mean, uh, B.J. Hill, another player off that NC State um, defensive line that I just talked to, they went and got him. Lorenzo Carter, uh, Will Hernandez is probably the best guard in the draft, uh, and you got the best player overall. The only the only pick I didn't like, uh, Kyle Lillette. I didn't like that pick. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. He's not going to be the long-term answer. I would have went Mason Rudolph a little bit earlier. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a great over. I mean, six and a half. Oh. That seems crazy. I think that's what else do you have, John? You're on to something, Blackjack. <laughs> um, what, do, what do you guys think about uh, Des Bryant now? Do you think that when the dust is settled, you think the team's going to gamble on him? I'll tell you, I think Des Bryant is out aware? of his ever-loving mind. I think Des Bryant's crazy. He turned down the deal from Baltimore, which he should have taken. I think he should have renegotiated his deal with the Cowboys to begin with because I think they would have kept him if he was willing to take a pay cut. He didn't do that. Baltimore comes and offers him a deal. Now he wants to take a one-year deal and bet on himself. Here's the problem with that. Des Bryant's been in the NFL eight years. He's had three good seasons, and his last good season was three years ago. He's not a number one wideout anymore, and he's not going to be one. So this one-year thing is not going to work out for him. He should have taken the money in the years from Baltimore. That's what he should have done. I think I think he'll end up going to the Buffalo Bills. I think they're the I think they're the most interested from what I see. Um, listen, I mean, he obviously believes that you know he can um, you know have a good season and, and get get a payday. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not the receiver he was five years ago. But from what I've read, I feel like the Buffalo Bills are a bit interested. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, I would have probably went with Baltimore, I mean, especially with what they wanted to give him. But um, he'll get signed somewhere. But um, he, he's a bit of a, of a diva kind of player, uh, and he's frankly not as good. He kind of reminds me of Carmelo Anthony at this point. I mean, he thinks he's like a starter, but he's really not. That's a he's great kind of analysis. Like a, yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you again, and I continue to pound Vegas Knights. They're so exciting to watch. Like, like by the way, they are back on the power play right right now. Yes. Good. Back on the power. Good. I'll watch this game. (laughs) See you, Johnny. All right, Johnny. Thanks. Yeah, take it easy. Um, and and Blackjack, you look at Des Bryant. I mean, this is his um. You know, he's going on his 10th year in the league, um, I believe. Uh, I think he was drafted in 09 or 08. Yes. Um, yes. It, or 09, yeah. So it's it's been about nine years. 
um, you know, that's a pretty long career in the NFL. I mean, I think Des Bryant like thinks he's like in his third or fourth year, and it's like, dude, like Des Bryant, you've had a nice career. Better than he is. He's had three one thousand yard receiving seasons. They came consecutively yeah. to one another, and the last time he had one was three years ago. And it's not because of injury. He's played most of those games. He just isn't that good anymore. And for him to come out and say he's not going to take a pay cut with the Cowboys was absurd because I think Dallas would have kept him if they could have reworked that deal, which is what he should have done. He comes out and says he's not going to do it. They release him. The Ravens come and offer you a multi-year deal, and you say no, you want a one-year deal. You're out of your ever-loving mind. You're not that good anymore, man. It isn't going to happen. Buffalo may pay him. And look, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I'll take him in Buffalo for a year. Because if you pair him with Kelvin Benjamin and Charles Clay and LaShawn McCoy, maybe you get some production out of him. But if he thinks there's a long-term, high-value deal waiting at the end of the rainbow, he's delusional. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I mean, he um, – he needs to accept that. And look, this is the problem with, with older athletes. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, overall your, your, your look at life in general. I think most of us black chick can agree getting old sucks. You don't want to forget and leave behind your old life. I look at my own life, you know, I'm 28. You know, I, 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 I was at, um, my brother's getting married blackjack in about 20 days and I had to go to, uh, men's, you know, men's warehouse and get like the tux and everything. And I, I saw all these kids in there going to prom. And, and I think back 10 years ago when I graduated high school and I thought to myself, wow, you know, time goes so fast, man. You know, I, you know, and I think back and I almost get kind of choked up. It's like, it sucks, you know, life's over, you know, as far as that that's concerned. I think a lot of people don't ever want to accept that maybe they're not, you know, as young as they once were, there's, you know, spring chicken as they once were. And you, know, you see it a lot with athletes. I mean, how many times have we seen it in the NBA? I mean, Allen Iverson had a big problem with it. Carmelo Anthony we're seeing has a big problem with it. You know, it's, it's Jeff, natural to feel that way, but you uh, have to get them to right. realize it's a business. I have to know? interrupt you for a second because the Golden Knights, the period just ended, did something incredibly rare that I've never seen before. They're on the power play. So it's five on four. They pulled their goalie to go six on four in the second period. And how did it work out? It, nothing happened. They're still going to be on the power play in the beginning of the third. The period ended, but a, a bold move by Gerard Gallant. Yeah, that is pretty bold. That's something you don't see very much. Um, you know, let's hope they can have a good and third right. period and kind of close it out. You're right about athletes and getting old. I mean, I will say I'm 33 and I'm peaking right now, so uh, kudos to me. But... Um, <laughs> Hey, Blackjack, I wanted to, while we're on the subject of football quickly, you know, I, I think what's so cool about the draft is, you know, and I, I've always made it very clear, I really enjoy the draft, but I think one of the most underrated things about it is, you know, you hear a lot about some of these kids that have major issues and these, you know, these kids with character problems, but then you find, you know, some of the stories that are pretty, pretty unbelievable, you know, the Shaquem Griffin stories, and, you know, you look at this yep. kid, this one kid, I, I heard a story about um, Ian Thomas, he was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, or I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers. Um, listen to this story. He, uh, on his eighth birthday, his mother died of kidney failure. The following year, Jeez. at nine, his father died of a heart attack. Holy he and his shit. eight brothers and sisters were left alone in the world. Basically, they lived in a home, you know, all eight of them took care of each other. 
You know, this kid never had a uh, never had a character problem. Went to high school, wasn't recruited at any 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 school. He ended up listen to this Blackjack. You know this school. He ended up at Nassau Community College as a basketball yep. player, ultimately playing football. He then transferred to Indiana. And now he's in the NFL. A quote by him. I've always said, or I'm sorry, his high school coach. I've always said Ian was a rose that grew out of concrete. Looks like that's uh, very true today. Um, what, a, it, what, a, what an amazing story there. That's a great point, Jeff, because it's funny you mentioned that. I was just watching last night. Uh, ESPN did one of those E60 things yes. on a kid who was signed as an undrafted free agent with the Chargers, Zach Goldich. And, the movie um, guy, right? The movie theater guy? Yeah, yeah, he's an offensive lineman out of Colorado State. And the story about this kid is crazy. I mean, as a high school senior, he's in the movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, when uh, that guy went in there and shot up the movie theater. And he's in the theater next to where it happens. And he hears these, you know, popping sounds. He thinks it's like fireworks or whatever. Next thing you know, a bullet comes through the wall and clips him in the neck. I mean, millimeters away from from an artery. He goes to the hospital. They play the 911 call that he makes as blood is. I mean, there's a picture of him with blood just pouring out of his neck. He goes to the hospital. They stitch him up. He shows up the next day for practice for his high school football (laughs) team. Wow. And the guy, it's just an incredible story that, like, nothing would stop him. I mean, that he, he said, you know, he wanted to make it to a D1 school. He wanted to make it to the NFL. And, like, this dude was literally shot in the neck and showed up the next day to practice. That's amazing. And they have his coaches on there. The coaches are like, what do we do with this guy? Like, do we let him, do we let him practice? Yeah. Like, what do we do? He was shot last night. And, like, you know, the, the way they talk about him is, it's just an incredible story. I mean, the way some people can can overcome things, it's it's wild. Now, who picked him? I didn't even I didn't even catch who picked him. I didn't even know. So. The Chargers. Uh, the Chargers okay. took him as an undrafted free agent. Okay, that's why I probably didn't see it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's amazing. I mean, you root for kids like that kid, and you know this kid for the Pats. I mean, and you look at why they were were picked up, and I think it's pretty evident why they're picked up. Look, they're not the most talented players, but they're going to work harder than everyone else. I mean, look at this that's kid. It. I mean, Black kid, this kid, all he knows is strife and and negativity, and you know, he could have rare, you know, he could have easily said, look. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go sell crack and make way more money and, and just go into that cycle and, and, and you know, and, and not do anything with his life. But, you know, what an amazing, uh, what amazing stories, you know, that one. Yeah, and there people, obviously the kid in the movie There are theater. people that adversity doesn't, adversity doesn't stop them. They, 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 no. they somehow manage to overcome whatever's put in front of them, which is kind of what you want. I've, I've told you that story back to you about my own father, right? Didn't I? Have I ever told you that? We got about seven minutes to go. We don't have any calls. My dad, when he was a kid, my dad's one of 15 kids. And uh, basically when he, you know, he was young, he was 14. He dropped out of school, went to work uh, and he was working for this um, concrete company. And my dad was working next to cement mixer and he got his hand caught in the cement mixer and it ripped two of his fingers off, like clear off of the bone. And he told me that he needed the job badly. So he basically just found whatever was around and wrapped his hand up. He said, blood was pouring out. He said, my whole fingers were off. He said, but I was so worried that I would get fired that you know, I just kept working. 
and blood's pouring out and he walks over to with the with the wheelbarrow and the, and the the boss says dude what the hell's up with your hand he goes oh he just got cut a little bit and he goes cut your whole fucking hands hanging off um and he you know he Where's work ethic like that anymore? I mean, they don't make that. You know, if that happens to anyone, yeah. I mean, they'd be off work for months on end. You know, it's, Listen, you know. That, you, you can relate it to pro sports all day long. You know, you, you listen to stories about guys like Ronnie Lott, who, you know, the, the, the famous story about his pinky being badly dislocated in a playoff game. And his answer was cut it off. Cut the finger <laughs> off so I can go play. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. you see on the other end of the spectrum – you know, Jay Cutler in the NFC championship game riding a bike but not going back out on the field. I'm not saying the guy wasn't hurt. I'm not saying he wasn't injured. But there's a difference in mentality between someone that says, nothing is going to stop me from getting where I want to get, and someone that says, yeah, I can't do it. There's a difference. There's just a difference in character. No, you're totally right. Uh, before we go, Blackjack, one other NFL story. I'd be interested to hear your opinion. Uh, Mike James, uh, he was a running back for the uh, Buccaneers um, a couple years ago. He had a pretty bad ankle injury. Uh, they prescribed him opioid painkillers, which something that the NFL does way too much of. Um, but according to CNN, he found uh, weed, and it was a big big a help for him uh other players like central henderson who has crohn's disease mentioned that uh weed is a big time help uh and mike james is saying that the league should allow weed as a painkiller what are your thoughts on that yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that too because i i uh happened to listen to a couple of uh interviews with ryan leaf recently and ryan leaf obviously uh yeah was not the greatest football player but he had a lot of legal trouble stemming from prescription pain addiction and Ryan Leaf was asked actually on on pardon my take about marijuana and you know he he now leads a a clean life and doesn't use anything but he he has said openly that he thinks that pro athletes would be far better served by using marijuana than these prescription drugs because as you said NFL teams hand them out like candy I mean they give these these pills out to people like they're nothing and when you listen to Ryan Leaf talk about you know, how he kind of got in trouble once he left the NFL. It was when he was a coach down in, in West Texas. He would get pills from the team. He would go in and say, ah, oh, you know, I got a wrist injury from when I was in the league. It hurts. And they would just give him, he talked about it, they would just give me 500 pills. They would just give me these pills. And, and sure. it, it, it caused a huge addiction problem in his life. And I'm sorry, man. Look, I was a criminal attorney for a long time. Marijuana is not a really addictive drug. It just isn't. You don't see people robbing other people or or breaking into houses to get money to buy weed. It just doesn't happen. It's absurd to me that in 2018, this substance that's out there that can help people is still a a problem with with pro sports. It's insane. I I think – I think one thing quickly that um, I'm not a big fan of the show just because it, it's kind of mindless for 30 minutes, but I think ballers on HBO does a good, I don't know if you've ever seen it. They've done a nice job of detailing. Yeah. You know, I think we, we kind of think of pill poppers as like, you know, just junkies, you know, they don't have any control of their life, but there are a lot of NFL players that pop Vicodin like fucking juju bees basically, um, you know, and it, it's a problem. I mean, just because you're famous doesn't mean you can't uh, get addicted to drugs and, and have issues with it. I mean, yeah. um, and Jeff, it's, it's I, like I think it's, most people, I mean, when I was in criminal law, it was, most people that were addicted to prescription pills 
started out getting them legally. It was, well, I had a car accident or I oh, had an sure, accident at work, sure, sure. and I got these pills, and, you know, they're, they're heavily addictive substances. And heroin's way cheaper, and you can get it quickly. It you right. don't need a prescription You're for right. it. Uh, that, and that's, you know, that's where we as a country fail every inner city because – you know, we can go and say, well, opioids are a problem, but what about all the people that are already addicted through, you know, doctors that are just way too uh, giving with prescriptions? But look, we're running out of time. We'll, uh, we'll, co- we'll continue this conversation. Fairly interesting conversation tomorrow yeah, it, uh, it around the NFL and, and, and drug uh, problems. But uh, Blackjack, good stuff. Let's hope Vegas that can close it out. Nice two-goal lead headed into the third. Uh, this will be a big-time win for the series as they take control of San Jose and, and get that game, you know, possibly with a chance to close it out in game five uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Hope so, so hopefully hope uh, so. they can get the win here. Uh, this has been Viva La Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, 1030 Eastern. Me and Blackjack Fletcher, thanks to the Action Network, who presents the show every evening, and South Town 101 for sponsoring the guest phone line every week. Hey, Blackjack, I have some uh, a possibility about a pretty cool guest we might be getting on the show. Uh, that I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, everyone have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow, 10.30 Eastern. Blackjack, why don't you let Elvis take us out? How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a new steel. Viva!